kind of impossible. I've been in New England so long, I've lost all of it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Take your Bibles this morning. Go with me to the book of Romans, Romans chapter number 10 this morning. I appreciate the opportunity to be in God's house. appreciate you being here, being in this place. And I want to say this, I appreciate Bible Baptist Church. It's been an honor to be out of this church. Even though, as Brother Gravely said, we quote-unquote abandoned y'all, uh, I still talk like y'all. I still act like y'all from time to time, and uh, but we're privileged to be out of this church. Thankful for everything that y'all have done for us. I was thinking coming down the road as we was coming up yesterday. I drove in from Atlanta. I was flew into Atlanta Airport yesterday from Florida, and I was just thinking about the memories that I have here. I remember coming to this church. I think it was 12, 13 years ago. God just, God did a work here in my life, and I'm thankful for it. I never dreamed 20 years ago, 21 years ago now, when I started preaching, I'd get to do some of the things I'm getting to do. I remember getting serious about the ministry when I was 22 years old. God called me to preach at the age of 16, got serious about it at the age of 22, and I remember asking God, God, I want to be full-time in the ministry. I want to preach somewhere every week of my life. Guess what? I'm full-time in the ministry, and I get to preach somewhere every week of my life. I'm thankful for what God's done in my life. Thankful for how he's blessed, how he's moved. Romans chapter number 10, if you found your place, you're willing and able, let's stand. Reverence to the reading of the Word of God this morning. Give you a chance to rest your legs a little bit. You've been sitting for a minute. Romans chapter number 10. Look with me at verse number 13. The Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How then shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that, bring, that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Let's pray and then you can be seated for the message from the word of God this morning. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the privilege and the opportunity to give me to stand and preach your blessed word this morning. Lord, I count it an honor to stand where so many great men have stood and preached your blessed word. And Lord, I need your touch this morning. Lord, I need a fresh touch. I need a fresh anointing from on high this morning. Lord, I pray that you would <clears throat> put a watch care about my mouth. Help me not to do or say anything that will grieve or quench your Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that you'd help me to do and say everything that you want said and done for your honor and your glory. Lord, help us not to leave the same way we came in this morning, but Lord, help us to leave here being challenged by the Word of God and changed by the Spirit of God. And we'll thank you and we'll praise you for it's in your Son's holy, wonderful, precious name we pray. Amen and amen. You can be seated. Thank you so much for standing here in Romans chapter number 10. I read verse 13 simply because I like verse 13. Uh, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You have the scope of salvation. It's still a whosoever will salvation. 
It's not for my four and no more, but it's for every man, woman, boy, and girl that's ever walked upon the face of this earth. You have the scope of salvation, but then you have the simplicity of the gospel. As you look in verse number 13, he says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. And then you have the surety of the gospel as he says, you shall be saved. And I'm glad this morning that we have a gospel that is still a whosoever will salvation. It's not just for these people over here that's part of the quote unquote elect, but it is for every man, woman, boy and girl that's ever walked upon the face of this earth. It is not just for the ones here in America. It's also for the ones overseas and around this nation in 193 different countries. It's for every single one of them this morning. We see this matter of the gospel. But I'm wrote, I wrote this statement down. Salvation has been provided for all men. Therefore, it must be proclaimed to all men. Salvation has been provided for all men. So therefore, it must be proclaimed to all men. That's the reason why we're here this morning is to talk about missions. And he was talking about how missions meetings, some, a lot of times, are some of the deadest meetings you'll ever be in. And I figured out one of the reasons for that is because we talk about money a lot. And people don't like it when you talk about money. But here's the thing, at the end of the day, guess what it takes? It takes money. And I'm not going to talk about money that much this morning, honestly. It's, it's not even at the forefront of my message. But I want to I just look at this thought as we look at this passage of Scripture this morning. The uh, Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he's writing in this passage of Scripture, and he, writes, he asks four different questions. And he asks the question, how shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? Then he asks the question, how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And then his fourth question is, how shall they preach except they be sent? And oftentimes when we think of missions and we think of, uh, we think of having a missions meeting and we think of what we can do for worldwide missions and what we can do, we have this mindset of what we can do. But this morning, I want to look at that mindset for just a few moments, and I, I probably won't be, I don't know what it is about preaching here, I'm more nervous preaching here than I am anywhere else in the world. But I want to just look at this thought this morning about this mindset of missions. What is your mindset? Oftentimes, I've got a $50 bill right here, it's the biggest bill I had in my wallet, so I pulled it out. But oftentimes, we have this mindset, well... I'm going to put some money in the offering plate, and I'm, I'm good on missions. And I, can I say this? Every month on the first business day of the month when I get my support, I'm thankful for people that have a mindset of giving to missions. I've never one time, the Bible says, God loveth a cheerful giver. And somebody's made the statement, he'll take it from a grouch too. Here's the thing, I've never one time looked at my support whenever I get it and say, I wonder who was grouchy when they gave that. I've never one time wondered that. I'm just being honest with you this morning. I've never wondered that. But I wonder how many times that we think, all right, I'm going to put my money in the offering plate and I've fulfilled my commitment. Missions is much more than just giving your money. Missions is much more than just saying, okay, I put money in the offering plate. I don't know how much you give. I know how much we give. <clears throat> I've never asked anybody else how much they give to missions. Maybe you give $50 a month. 
Maybe you give $100 a month. Maybe you can afford to give $500 a month. I know people that give thousands of dollars of, mission, of money to missions a month. And here's the thing. I'm thankful for that. But they still have a job to do. And I want to look at this mindset of missions for just a moment. Number one, it's this mindset of missions, the proper mindset of missions. It's a mindset of going. It's a mindset of going. The theme of the conference, the title of the conference is, Who Will Go? It's been said before that the first two letters of the word gospel are go. A mindset of going. Our mindset concerning missions. I'm thankful for people that give, but what about people that don't go? And pastor made this statement. I believe Brother Gravely made this statement the other day. He said, if you're not doing it here, you won't do it there. And I'll be honest with you, I talked to someone the other day. Someone come to me and said, hey, I'm thinking about getting in missions. And I looked at him. I said, do you saw in here? Do you give out gospel tracts here? Well, it's been a while. Then you won't make it on the mission field. Not being ugly. I'm not being, I don't even want to be, I don't want you to think I'm being ugly. I don't think you, I want you to think I'm being rude. But if you're not doing it here, you're not going to do it there. This morning, whenever I walked in, I stepped out for just a moment. I meant to do this last night, but whenever we're in town for a meeting, I always try to get some gospel tracts from the church that I'm staying at. Why? Because I want to give out gospel tracts from that church. Why? Because at the end of the day, I want to make sure that if they do read the gospel tract, they do trust Christ as their Lord and Savior, they know where to go. This matter of missions, this mindset of missions is a mindset of going. But can I say three things about this mindset of going? Number one, it's personal. You go. Isaiah chapter 6, verse number 8, the Bible says this, Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I sin and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I. Send me. Whenever I begin to pray about New England, here's the thing, can I be honest with you? I began praying about New England, and I was praying in the manner of, Lord, would you send somebody to New England? And he said, well, hey, why don't you go? And I said, but Lord, it's cold up there. And then I got to thinking about it. I'm like, hey, I like cold weather. <laughs> and then I got to thinking about there's snow up there. And I'm like, hey, I like snow. I love snow. I can't get enough of snow. If we get, uh, we had 108 inches of snow last year. Hallelujah. All you Southerners, whoa, hold on. And I'm a Southerner at heart, but here's the thing. I love snow. But then we was talking last night, brother. Uh, you mentioned about the need there in New Mexico. And Brother Proctor, he, he prayed about it for a while. And here's the thing. Even with the church there in Keene, the church there in Keene was a much-needed prayer request for a long time. And now there's a thriving church there. But what did it take? It took somebody that was willing to go, that was willing to say, you know what, I'll leave everything. I'll leave what this world has to offer. It. I'll turn my back on my career. I'll turn my back on prestige and popularity. And I will will go. But how many of us are comfortable? And this is where we're at. This is where, if I'm being honest, this is where I was at. This is our comfort zone. And we said, Lord, I'm whatever you want in this comfort zone, I'm willing to do. But Lord, if you want me to go over here, I don't know about that. You want me to go? Nah, I don't know about that. You was talking about Brother Peter having, Pastor Peter having a lot of faith, or he was out of his mind. One, 
You know, I've watched God do things in his life, even in the three years that we've been there. I've watched God allow us to buy the ten and a half acres next door to us, and we paid it off in a year and a half. And I've watched God do great things. We're fixing to enter into a building project. But how did it start? Because one person said, I am willing to go. Let me ask you a question. Matthew chapter 9, verse 36 and 37, or 37, 38. We're going to get there in just a moment. But Jesus said, pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into the harvest. Let me ask you a question this morning. What if you're the answer to somebody else's prayer? What if you go and because you go, somebody gets saved? The Lord's allowed us to see almost 80 people saved in the last three years. And here's the thing. Could God have saved them without me being there? Absolutely. But God let me be involved in it. God let me go so that that way I could see it. Hey, can I tell you this morning? You said, Brother Matthew, I don't know about going into prison. I don't know about going into school. Hey, I don't, I'm not asking you to go to prison. I'm not asking you to go to school. I'm asking you to go across the street. I'm asking you to go down to the grocery store. I'm asking you to go to the gas station. I'm asking you to go. You go. Stop waiting on somebody else to go. I've had people come up to me and say, would you go visit so-and-so? And here's the thing. I'm not above going and visiting anybody, but when is the last time that you talked to somebody? When's the last time you talked to them about the Lord? When's the last time you witnessed to them? Can I say it? Can I be blunt for just a second? I'm getting in touch with my inner New Englander. Y'all ready? Stop waiting on the preacher to go do it. And you do it. The pre- Can I say it this way? Ministry's busy. And oftentimes we lose focus of the main thing because we get so caught up with the ministry, if I can say it that way. But what if the preacher don't have time to go talk to your loved one that's fixing to die? What if the preacher don't have time to go talk to your loved one that's sitting down in the jail? I've had people call me and say, hey, can you go talk to so-and-so? They're in jail. I know you're going over there. Can you go talk to them? Sure, I'll do my best. But I can't just walk in there and say, hey, I'd like to talk to so-and-so. I have to be on their list. It's not as easy as what some people think. And here's the thing, at the end of the day, what if that person dies without God? A mindset of missions, it's a mindset of going personally. Not only going personally, but can I say it this way? Positionally, send somebody else. Romans chapter 10, verse number 15. And how shall they preach except they be what? Sent. And some of you may be here this morning. You say, preacher, I am never coming to New England. That's fine. I wish you would. You'd probably want to stay unless there's snow on the ground. (laughs) But here's the thing. You know what you did? You said, hey, we'll pay you to go. You know what the missionaries that you do each month, you know what you're doing? You're paying them to go. We have a running joke around our place that they pay me to stay away. You know what you did? You paid me to move to New England. That's exactly what you did. I didn't abandon nobody. I was paid to move, all right? But can I say it this way? Man, I love you too, preacher, all right? Anyways, but stop and think about this. You're paying 
They send somebody else. But did you notice what was first? You go. It doesn't matter how many missionaries this church supports if you're not going. It doesn't matter how many times that you sign a missions check or have the bank send, I don't know how y'all do it, have the bank send them out, sign it, whatever you do. It doesn't matter how many times you do that if you're not going. I would to God that I come back and whenever I get back, I don't know when I'll come back. Maybe Jubilee, hopefully. He suggested I'm supposed to be here for Jubilee. Do you know what? I would to God that whenever I come back at Jubilee or I come back for a regular midweek service, that there's not just 40, 50 people here. I would to God that this church continues to grow. Not grow stagnant, grows cold. Why? Because if you grow stagnant and you grow cold, guess what happens? You stop sending people positionally because you're not going personally. If you're not going personally, guess what? Your vision for to see lost people will begin to wane. And this church, can I say it this way? And I'm not being a prophet of doom or anything like that. But this church will cease to exist if you as a church and I as an individual quit going personally. Let me ask you a question. When's the last time you won somebody to God? When's the last time you spent two hours talking to somebody about the Lord? When's the last time that you had that conversation? Preacher, it's awkward. I know. And in New England, they look at you and say, I'm all set. I don't want what you're peddling. And around here, everybody's saved. Am I telling that right? It hadn't changed in three years. Okay. Do you know what? I've quit asking people, hey, are you saved? I've started asking people, hey, do you know for sure if you died right now, you go to heaven? Why? Because that's a whole different question than are you saved or not? It's a mindset of going personally. It's a mindset of going positionally. Send somebody else. You can't go to all these other places. You can't go to 193 different countries and 50 states and uh, the other 49 states here in America. You can't go to all those. But you can send somebody. You can send them. How shall they go except they be sent? You know why we do deputation as missionaries? We're asking churches to send us. We've got a, uh, at least one of my supporting pastors here this morning, Doug Rain. And here's the thing. You know what his church does? They pay me to stay away too. I love you, Richard. Do you know what? You know what his church said? Hey, we believe in what you're doing, and we want to partner with you. We want to send you to New England. You know how I get to do what I get to do every month? Because churches said, hey, we'll send somebody. Not only is it a mindset of going, it's a mindset of going personally, positionally, but then what about prayerfully? Amen. Matthew chapter 9, verse number 37, then saith he unto his disciples, the Lord's talking here, he said, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. I wrote this statement down. It's further down in my notes, but I want to give it to you right now. Money will get a missionary to a field, but prayers will keep him there. I don't know about other missionaries, and I hope I'm not out of line here, preacher. If I am, you tell me, and I'll apologize. But you know why we have prayer cards printed up? It's not to waste money. 
The prayer cards that I have, this prayer card right here cost me, I think, 13 cents a piece. You know what? I can honestly, I am being fully 100% transparent. I consider this an investment. Because you know what? There are people all across this country. There are churches that have never taken us on for support that we've been in, but there's somebody in that church that's got our prayer card. And they pray for us on a regular basis. You know, at the end of the day, I've went to, I've got two different mailing lists, and that's a whole other story, but one of them is to our non-supporting churches. I send a letter to every church that I've went to before, the ones that support me and the ones that don't, and the ones that don't, it's costly. Do you know what? I went to weed that list down, and every time I do, I get an email, or I get a letter, or I get a card. They said, Preacher, I know we don't support you financially, but we wanted you to know we was praying for you. Can I tell you this afternoon, that 13 cent was well worth the investment. That was well worth the investment. And here's the thing. We don't give these out. We, whenever I go to churches, I try to give one to every single adult in the auditorium. Why? Because I'm praying and I'm hoping and I'm trusting that every single adult in that auditorium has a prayer life. You know what I'm asking them to do? I'm asking them to pray for me. I've seen missionary prayer cards get thrown in the garbage. I've seen stacks of them. I don't leave stacks at churches. I don't know how all you other missionaries do. I don't leave prayer cards at churches. You know why? Because they sit there and collect dust until the pastor comes by and says, well, nobody wants these. And you know what happens? Your investment goes in the garbage. Why is that? Maybe you gave one to everybody. Or maybe it's that people are not praying because they're not giving, they're not going prayerfully. They're not sending someone and they're praying for them. Can I ask you a question this morning as a church? Do you have a prayer list for your missionaries? I know there is one, at least there used to be. I wonder how many of you have that. I wonder how many of you on a regular, I'm not saying pray for, you have 80 something missionaries now, is that right? What is it? 91 missionaries? That's a lot of missionaries. And here's the thing. I know it's not, I know most of them not just $50 a month either. That's a lot of missionaries and that's a lot of money. I talked to a pastor the other day in Pennsylvania and he said, well, he said, missions is just not that big of a deal to me. And here's what he said. It blew my mind. He's talking to a missionary, okay? Blew my mind. He said, yeah, we support seven missionaries at $100 a month. He said, but I said, man, that's $8,400 a year. If I'm investing $8,400 a year in something, you best believe I'm going to be keeping track of it. I'm going to make sure I know what's going on. I'm going to make sure that I'm getting a letter. I'm going to make sure that I'm praying, God, please help my investment to grow. Because you go over to 2 Corinthians chapter 8, we'll not take the time to do that. But you go to 2 Corinthians chapter 8, and the reason why that that church gave, and the reason why that Paul begins to talk about that there, is because he realized that everybody couldn't go. So he, did, he gave them an opportunity to be able to give, so that that way there wouldn't be an inequality. You realize that all those 80 people that we've seen saved there in New England, because you as a church support us financially, guess what's going to be laid to your account? 80 souls. 
You wasn't there when they were birthed into the family of God. You weren't part of that uh, physically, but financially you were part of that. And because you sacrificed and you gave, because of that, you will have that added to your account. It's a mindset of going. Not only is it a mindset of going, can I give you three things? Number one, it's a, mind, it's a mindset of going, but number two, it's a mindset of giving. Everybody says, oh, here's where the money comes in. No, we're not there yet. Because before you ever give your money, you must give yourself. You go to 2 Corinthians chapter number 8, verse number 5. Paul's talking there, and he's already talked about, I believe it's a church at Macedonia there, and they had so much money. And correct me if I'm, you Bible scholars that are in the room, correct me if I'm wrong, but they were begging them to take that money. Now, here's the thing. I've never been to a church and they begged me to take money. Never. Now, I've been to some churches and felt like I was begging for some money. But I've never had a church call me and say, Preacher, we have too much missions money. Will you please come take some of this off our hands? I promise you, if I get a phone call tomorrow and they say, a church here in the area and they say, hey, we're, we've got a lot of missions money. Would you please come take us? My next phone call is going to be to Brother Gravely. Brother Gravely, can I miss service tonight? Why? I'm going to go take their money if he'll let me. Why? Because here's the thing. Let's be honest. Why do we have a missions meeting? It's about money. We're here to raise money to give to worldwide missions. And I understand it gets, it gets quiet when we talk about money. And I'm okay with that. I preach in New England all the time. And the lack of amens and things, the lack of feedback doesn't bother me anymore. It used to really bother me. But I've got you, and you know what I figured out? People can't say nothing when their mouth's full. Or they ought not say nothing. You know what this mindset of, Missions, it's a mindset of going, it's a mindset of giving, giving yourself. Second Corinthians chapter 8, verse number 5, the Bible said this, And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord. Brother Blue, he, I know y'all have heard Brother Blue preach, and I'm, not, I'm nowhere near the preacher Brother Blue is, I'm not trying to be. But you remember the illustration he would give about the offering plate? And here's the thing, I don't have my wallet up here this morning. I purposely left that out of my pocket because I didn't want the distraction. But you know, if I have this, and I put this in the offering plate, then that's all God got of me. But if I have this in my hand, and I give myself to God, and I put myself in the offering plate, then guess what God got? He not only got my money, but He got everything else too. When's the last time you gave of yourself? Well, preacher, it's just hard. I know. Can I, can I be fully transparent with you this morning? Ministry is not always easy. Ministry is tiring. It's tiring on your flesh. It's tiring on your finances. Everybody okay? Ministry... I wear you out. But on the other side, I'm not laying up treasures here. I'm laying up treasures over there. And I can't tell you how many, I, honestly, preacher, I got home and I was home for one night. After being, home, being gone for, I think it was like seven or eight, nine days, 
I was home for one night, and we turned around and left again, and we've been gone for over a week and a half now. Ministry is tiring. You know what that's like. Ministry is tiring, but can I be honest with you? It is so worth it. It's so worth it. Because when I stop and think about those 80 people that have been saved, not all of them has been in prison. Some of them has been in churches. And all the people that God's allowed me to impact, not because I'm anything, but I stop and I think about those. And you know what it makes me want to do? It makes me want to get behind the wheel of the vehicle one more time. It makes me want to check one more bag at the airport. It makes me want to go one more mile. It makes me want to travel one more time. Why? Because God has given me the opportunity to give of myself so that that way I can be used for the honor and the glory of God. It's a mindset of missions. It's a mindset of giving. It's a mindset or mindset of going, mindset of giving, number one, of yourself. Number two, of your supplication. We've talked about that already, about praying. The word supplication, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. You say, preacher, what's that word supplication means? It means petition, an earnest request. I don't know who put this out, but I found, the, I found this in the back of the pew. Somebody left it for me in the songbook holder, praise God. You know what on the back of it it says, Pray for your missionaries. And it has nine different ways that you can pray for your missionary. Some of them would not necessarily apply as far as I'm not trying to acquire language. I already have the language. I do have to actually say what I mean and not what I think I mean. Y'all understand what I'm saying when I say that? We have a lot of southern sayings that really fries my taters is one of them. That don't translate to New England, okay? But here's the thing. Pray for your mistakes. But then can I say lastly, and I'm done. I'll give you this quote quickly. William Carey told Andrew Fuller before he left to go to India. He, said, he made this statement. He said, I will go down into the pit if you will hold the ropes. Lastly, I'm done this morning. Not only giving of yourself, giving of your supplication, but lastly, giving of your silver. Second Corinthians chapter 8, verse 7. The Bible says this, Therefore, as ye abound in everything, in faith and utterance and knowledge and all diligence, and in your love to us, see that ye abound in this grace also. I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of others, and to prove the sincerity of your love. For you know that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though He was rich, yet for your sakes He became poor, that ye through His poverty might be rich. Let me ask you a question this morning. Preacher's coming. I don't know what he's going to do. Let me ask you a question. What is your mindset concerning missions? When you heard Brother Guy was having another mission meeting, did you say, oh, well, here we go. We're going to raise more money. Or was it, hey, I get to give. But, Lord, in the midst of my giving of my money, help me to be able to give myself. It's already been said this morning. This is a giving church. And, honestly, I'm thankful for it. But what are you giving of yourself? What is it that you've told God, God, that's not yours? That might be what God wants.
Let's pray. Heavenly Father.